0: Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And this morning we did a couple hours on this idea of... uh, What's the riots all about? I mean, what's going on there? Uh, we uh, talked about Phil... Sorry, I forget his last name. <laughs> but anyway, it's kind of an unusual last name. But anyway, uh, Phil made the video about racist, racism being a problem in the United States. Uh, about the fact that we need to learn to care, which is true. But he had all kinds of statistics in his video. And we have a link to it up on our website. But he had all these statistics in his video that he thinks proves that there's racism. Uh But he doesn't evidently know how to really study uh, statistics. And uh his uh, video was Race in America. It was a Holy Post video is what he calls it. His last name is Vischer. And it was going around. And there's a number of other posts that do this where they... uh they cite a bunch of uh, statistics, you know, how many people are in jail and how many people are not in jail and how many people are arrested. And, and if you just casually listen to him, it makes a very good case that there is a problem of racism in America, except it's not the whole story. And when you get the whole story, it actually reverses the statistics and those statistics that he did not mention to you. And then you have to ask, well, what is the problem then if it's not racism? And, you know, it's really very simple. It's the same problem that was in Rome. Uh, and there were all kinds of races in Rome. There were all kinds of nationalities in Rome. But what was the problem? Why did Rome fall? Because there was racism in Rome? Because uh, the Praetorian Guard was overbearing and occasionally killed people? I mean, Jesus talks about it, right? I added it. To our page on riots, uh, it was on another page originally, but our page on riots at preparingyou.com. You can go there and look it up, and it talks about the Nika riots, which were the riots in Rome that caused a great deal of difficulty in Rome for a while. We also talk about uh, uh, the top ten riots, you know, including the Rodney King uh, riot, and a little bit about Rodney King and what was before and after him and uh i think he just yeah he died uh, not too long ago I, I think we even talk about his death he died of an overdose of drugs and drowned in his own swimming pool and there are some questions about his death other than that the only other person that was there was his girlfriend who used to be sitting on the jury that uh he <laughs> he was brought in f- before in a courtroom and uh he got awarded a huge mu- settlement and then She became his girlfriend. So whatever all that is about, is all fascinating. But uh, what we were talking about is why are there riots, prison riots and biblical riots? And so anyway, under the biblical riots, Jesus makes mention of the biblical riots that were taking place at the time of Jesus. And Pontius Pilate had soldiers dressed up like civilians in the crowd and at a given signal they threw off their cloak and revealed themselves as soldiers and started beating the rioters, and people died. And so that was a key story in Christ's mission. He brings that up to Pontius Pilate. It's it's a significant part of the story. But it wasn't riots that brought Judea down. It was the Corbin of the Pharisees that brought Judea down. It is the Corbin of the Pharisees that Jesus says condemns the Jews of Judea. And it's why, it's the Corbin of the Pharisees is why Jesus is going to take the kingdom away from those who were sitting in the seat of Moses and appoint it to those who, that he chose to give it to because he knew they would bear fruit. The modern church does things like the Pharisees do today. They, they are, have their Corbin, their, their sacrifice, their Corbin is the Corbin of the Pharisees. It's identical to it. If you go to our biblical riot uh, actually you just look up riots and then it's down at the bottom of the page. It says biblical riots. Click on that and it'll take you right down to the part of the article that talks about this. And uh, and you'll find out about these riots and about why Pontius Pilate was called out about these riots. Because And what were the riots about? Money that was invested in the Corbin, which is sometimes translated treasury, but also translated sacrifice. It actually is from the Hebrew word meaning sacrifice. The Romans had a similar word. You'll find another similar word amongst the, uh, uh, the, uh, Koran. And you also find the word, obviously, in the Old Testament, Corban, meaning sacrifice. The sacrifices of the people were sometimes put in a treasury. So how come the corbin of the Pharisees was making the word of God to none effect? And what did it have to do with the riots at the time of Pontius Pilate? Well, they were taking some of the money that was in the corbin treasury that was set aside for the purposes of the corbin, and they were using it to build an aqueduct. On uh, on our page. On, uh, let's see. Do I have. Uh, uh You know. I need to add that to that. I don't have that on there. I should leave. I have a picture. Of the actual aqueduct. Pieces of the actual aqueduct. That are still in place. And I can add that to it. In my spare time. Yeah, we do have it on the website. And under other places. But this was just dealing with the biblical riot. So it doesn't go into a great deal of detail. But you'll see that. That there's lots of links on that little part of the article that will take you and explain to you more about what Corbin is and why the Corbin of the Pharisees was making the Word of God. Because you see, the Corbin of modern Christians is making the Word of God to none effect today. But you, and see, Phil doesn't understand what the Corbin of the Pharisees was. Not unusual. Most most modern Christians don't understand. Their preachers are blind guides. They don't see it. They don't get it. It's staring them right in the face. But they don't get it. Because, I mean, 200 years ago, religion was the pious performance of a duty to God and your fellow man. Now it's just whatever you want to think about God. Because they changed the definition of religion. So, you know, they changed the definition of a lot of words. And they've deleted a lot of stuff that's in the history. Much of the what you need to know is still in the Bible. But people read over it because they have preconceived notions of what is true. And we talked about that this morning. That people have a preconceived notion that somehow there is a big problem of racism amongst police officers. Now, when I was a kid growing up in, in Texas, down in South Texas, there was a problem with racism. Not all cops are racist, but there was a significant problem with racism in the South. I traveled to the South back in the 60s. It was still around then. Now, I look white, but I was traveling through with California plates and long hair, and I was stopped sometimes five times before I got across one state. Just stop, because I got long hair and a California license plates. I was searched. I was threatened. But I always disarm the police. I always end. I I tell a story about one who worked on my car for five hours. Cold, windy front came in while he was working on it in his summer uniform. <laughs> and when we first met, he was not so nice. But eventually, he used to be an electrician before he became a cop. He was falling all over himself to help us, uh, myself and my brother. Why was that? It's because I understand how things work. I, I I didn't say under... Actually, it's because I serve a God who understands how things work because he created the universe. <laughs> a lot of you people going to church now, you don't understand how things work. Phil doesn't understand how things work. He thinks that somehow or other the problems in the black community are due to racism and slavery in the 1800s. No. That is not the source of the problems in the black community. If you want to have a black community. We shouldn't even have a black community. We should just have community. If you're Christians, there is no more black and there is no more white. And there is no more Greek and there is no more Jew. But you people keep dividing yourselves up. You don't realize that the enemy wants you divided up because he knows that you divide and conquer. And so all this talk about racism, which doesn't really exist in any significant amount, is not causing the death of thousands upon thousands of black people. What's causing the death of thousands of thousands and thousands of black people is other black people. Well, that's a simple explanation. Because, I mean, 50% of the murders in America are committed by black people on black people. That's black people killing black. 50% of the murders from 12% of the population. It's not even from 12% of the population because most blacks don't go around committing murder. Most blacks are hard-working individuals just like most whites. There isn't any real difference between them. Except for things that people put in your head. People like Phil puts these things in your head. And so we did a whole two hours. It'll be in this series... Uh, on, on the nonsense of the statistics that he was, cause the same statistics are used by Larry Elder. He uses a few more than Phil uses and, and, uh, and Phil failed to use some that, you know, Larry and, uh, well, Walter Williams and, uh, Candace Owens and a lot of these other very bright black people who say that there isn't a systemic racism. In the United States. There's racism. There's always going to be racism. There's always going to be people who hate. But if you really, if all the people who said they were Christians. Who think they are Christians. Were actually Christians. And not workers of iniquity. Immersed in the Corbin of the Pharisees. There wouldn't be these riots in America. There'd be people who wanted a riot. But they wouldn't be able to do it. There were people out there trying to stop people from breaking into stores and rioting and looting and robbing and burning. And they found it very difficult. They didn't have any cops backing them up because they already run all the cops off. Like that DA down in wherever that is, Atlanta. He's The cops aren't going to be answering calls in the black community. You guys are on your own now. You know, and I'm not saying that by, uh, the cops don't make mistakes. Cops make mistakes, and I just told that to a guy on the uh, on the internet on Facebook. He's so angry all the time. He he just doesn't get it. He thinks that he's feeding this anger. Phil is feeding the anger. He thinks he's talking about care, but he's actually feeding the anger because he is pushing the narrative that racism is the problem. Racism is not the problem. Racism has not destroyed hardly a nation anywhere. Tribalism does, and sometimes we identify tribalism as racism. I mean, even nationalism. Somebody says nationalism, and immediately some people think, oh, that's a bad thing. That's Nazis or nationalists. They were social democrats who also believed in nationalism. Nothing wrong with nationalism in itself, the same as there's nothing wrong with uh, capitalism. Israel was a nationalist government. They believed in nationalism. Christ was the king of Israel. He was a nationalist. Christ was a nationalist. Isn't that amazing? But he also was moral. <laughs> and said, love thy neighbor and even love thy enemy. He did, when he was offered the power to exercise authority one over the other in the kingdom, he refused it. I'm not that kind of king. Same as Gideon, refused it. But you people going to your churches out there, you think it's okay to exercise authority over my neighbor and I will get the government to do it for me so that I can get more benefits. Social security, public education, police departments, fire departments. I can get all these wonderful benefits of society. All I have to do is be willing to force my neighbor to contribute. You call it taxes. Now now somebody's going to bring up Romans 13. I can hear it echoing in the chambers of their mind. It wouldn't be echoing if your brain wasn't so empty. So there's a bold statement. But the reality is Romans 13 doesn't say obey the government. It says let every man remain subject to the higher power. What's the higher power? Well, in some people's cases, the higher power is government. How did the government get power? How did the Pharaoh get power? People found themselves without provisions and asked for the provisions of Pharaoh. And Joseph set it up so that they could get the provisions of Pharaoh. But they were going to go into the bondage of Egypt where they had to pay 20% of their labor to the Pharaoh from now on. 400 years later, they're still doing it. Moses comes along and says, you guys got to learn to take care of yourselves. Through faith, hope, and charity. You gotta learn to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Care about your neighbor's right to choose as much as you care about your own right to choose. Jesus said the same thing. Take care of yourself through charity. John the Baptist said the same thing. Till John the Baptist, everybody was trying to do it through force. That's what it says in the Bible. They were trying to establish the kingdom of heaven by force, by forcing the contributions of their neighbor. That's what was wrong with the Corbin of the Pharisees. Under Herod and the power of the Pharisees in the Congress of their nation, they were nationalists, so they had a Congress. That's not the purpose of the original Sanhedrin. It wasn't the purpose of lawmakers, but advisors. But they had their seventy, and that we we have a page on Sanhedrin. You can go look that up at preparing you, and it tells you what the Sanhedrin was, and that Sanhedrin became something else. If you follow the history of it, it became a legislator, a legislature making laws, which is and shortly before Jesus came, right about that time. A bunch of Manahan and a bunch of other uh, priests that were a part of the Sanhedrin walked out because of the corruption of the government. When they walked out, that was what was called an ecclesia. Ecclesia means called out, and they called out everybody to come out because of the corruption. Not everybody did that many of them formed a new sanhedrin, but those called out, some of those called out undoubtedly. Became the 70 that Christ picked. Because that, that 70 was his Sanhedrin. He was this other king. And he said we're not going to do it like the Corbin of the Pharisees. That became a forced offering under Herod. We're going to do it through free will offerings. As it says in the Old Testament. And at first people said, oh, what do you mean? I don't know about that. That's uh, kind of scary, you know. But when he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, he's talking about that Corbin, that sacrifice. You had to do the sacrifice of, to take care of the needy of society through charity. This is the gospel of Christ. This is what John the Baptist was saying. Now, other people would do covetous practices where they desire benefits at the expense of their neighbor through men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. Peter warned you against that. He said it would make you merchandise. He said it would curse your children with debt. That's all a done deal for the modern Christian. They're all surety for debt and their children are surety for debt. And that debt is growing by trillions and trillions of dollars. Phil doesn't realize that. It's on the news. It's in the Bible. Jesus said you're not to be like those governments. But Phil is like those governments. I don't want to pick on Phil. I'm just using him as an example. The fact is, most of you Christians, many of you Christians, have fallen prey to this false doctrine that it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods as long as you do it through men who exercise authority that you call government. But Jesus said we weren't to be like those governments. And if you don't realize that, you have blind guides who haven't been telling you. And those blind guides have delivered you into bondage. Again, back to to the bondage of the elements or rudiments, it's translated rudiments sometimes, of the world. The world there, the word world there is constitutional order and system of government. I'm reading right out of the concordance. That's the definition of the word. You Don't take care of one another through charity. You take care of one another force. In order to obtain those benefits, which are also called the wages of unrighteousness. We have an article by that name because that's right in the Bible. People don't know what the wages of unrighteousness is. That's those benefits that are provided to you by taking away from your neighbor. You need to repent of that. You need to think differently. Because that's, that's not what Christ said to do. Christ said to take care of one another through charity. So, is racism destroying this nation? Is the riots about racism? Well, in their head, they use it as an excuse. But the reason that idea found a place in their head is they have already, many years before, fallen prey to the real destroyers of liberty of the people which are those who spread amongst them bounties, donations, and benefits. The wages of unrighteousness. Benefits. See, when Pharaoh originally provided for the people, he provided for the people because he had stockpiled food and supplies. And when they needed help, he offered it to them by selling it to them. They sold their money until that ran out. They sold their animals until that ran out. They sold their, their lands and that ran out and eventually they sold themselves into bondage. And the payments were 20% of what they earned every year had to go to serve the Pharaoh. And he provided them with welfare. That's the bondage of Egypt, and God said never to return to that bondage again. You're back in that bondage again, because you've been listening to blind guides. So, all the prophecies of Christ about many who say they come in my name, and I know them not, and they actually should get away from me, they're workers of iniquity. Those prophecies have taken place, and that's where you're at right now. That should be good news to you to know that because somebody's finally told you the truth about the gospel. Now you can repent, start gathering the way Jesus said to gather and start taking care of one another through faith, hope and charity. Now, I mentioned the people that are out there demonstrating because they think there's a problem with racism because of the misuse of statistics. And we went over all that this morning, showing you what the actual statistics are. But now they're... Gathering in front of the stores trying to protect the stores from being looted and trying to stop the looters and trying to start stop the people that are trying to raise a ruckus and get the riots going. That's good. That's a, That's part of the process of changing your thinking. But you're finding it rather difficult because things are getting out of control, but they've been getting out of control for about 60 years. Because you started moving over towards this idea of coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of government back with, at least with FDR. I mean, we show how it was even back in the days of Davy Crockett. If you look up David Crockett on our Preparing New website, you read a fascinating article about David Crockett and how he was, uh, scolded by a genius farmer named Horatio Bunt. But anyway, you can go read that on your spare time. But what's happened is we have lost the and cry of our society. We don't come together to help one another. We're out of practice because we've gone to the government. This is how we're weakened as a nation. This was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. Is that they provided for the poor, but they did not strengthen the poor because as we we went through all the Booker T. Wa Well, I didn't go through all of them. Many of the Booker T. Washington quotes that we have on the page. And if you want to know where the page is, those of you who weren't with us this morning, legal Charity at com. Just type in up there in the search engine, Legal Charity, and you can go to the page. And you can see that if you don't work at protecting your neighbor's rights to choose, your neighbor's right to property, your neighbor's right to distribute to the poor according to his own good conscience, if you don't protect that right, you're just as evil as those who want to take that right away, who want to rob you of that right. And so, so we went through all those statistics and we went down to a section where we talked left and right. You cannot repair nor cure the ills of society without respecting the rights endowed upon the individuals and their families. You have to respect those rights. So, yeah, you should stand in front of those stores and protect them. You probably shouldn't be out there demonstrating anyway. What you should not be out there is demonstrating for the fact that the people are sinning against God by going to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. Because when you do that... You are taking a bite out of your neighbor. You know, people say, I paid into Social Security. All the money paid into Social Security is gone. It's gone. It was gone before you started paying it in. That's why they started it, because the country was already bankrupt. There is no separate trust fund. We show this. You look up Social Security on the same website, and it shows you not some harebrained guru theory, I show you what the Supreme Court said time and time again. There is no division of funds. If the U.S. is bankrupt, Social Security is bankrupt, and the U.S. is bankrupt. They just haven't declared bankruptcy. They sort of have. They've gone into kind of receivership a little bit with the new money. I'm suspecting they might come out with even newer money soon. We'll see. There's stuff going on behind the scenes, and I'm not going to tell you about it, but... Uh, Uh, Like I say, I have lots of contacts all over the country who feed me information, because Google doesn't always tell the truth. (laughs) But, I don't want you to believe me. That's why we have tens of thousands of footnotes and links, so you can go and look it up for yourself. Read the laws yourself. Read the history yourself. Look at the Greek yourself. Look at, we make it convenient. We put tens of thousands of hours in this, put all the books online for free, we're not you you don't have to buy anything. You can just download them all online for free anytime you want. But why are we saying all this? So that you understand why there are riots in the street. Not why they think they're rioting. Because they, they're manipulated. They've been altered. If you go read Polybius 150 years before Christ... Polybius was telling you that you would degenerate as a society into perfect savages, and you'll end up having hundreds, thousands of people pouring into their neighbor's property to steal everything they can grab and take out. That's perfect savages. And it's not because they're black. It's because their communities were targeted first for this welfare system. And we have an article that shows you that They said they were going to target the black community. They said how they were going to target the black community. And they targeted the black community. (laughs) And it's coward and Piven. And we have links to that in the article on legal charity. What is legal charity? Legal charity is charity you're bound to pay to the government. Money you're bound to pay to the government by force of law to take care of the needy of society. That's destructive to the society, but that's what legal charity means. It's not, it's an oxymoron. It's not charity. It's force. It's what John the Baptist was talking about not doing. It's what Christ said not to do. It's what Peter said not to do, or it would entangle you again in the yoke of bondage, make you merchandise, and curse your children. But you're doing it again. And so, I quote also Plutarch. Lucius Mestrius Plutarch, in his Life of Coriolanus, he says that the man who first ruined the Roman people was he who first gave them treats and gratuities. Well, who was that in America? Well, there was a lot of people, but it was really FDR got the ball rolling. LBJ got it rolling even farther. And you can, if you forget your thinking what you know about statistics, look at the statistics and put them in correlation with history. Line them up with the historical fact that 3% of the families 20 years after the slavery ended in America were single parent families. Families were solid. Slavery didn't end that. Slavery confirmed that. The difficulties of slavery and the difficulties of being set free confirm that we need family. That's why God created family. Man created government. Now, I'm not saying you can't have government. I'm not against government. But I am in favor of righteousness, and if you, on an individual basis, on individual families, did what Christ said, which is to gather in the tens, hundreds, and thousands for the purposes of loving your neighbor, taking care of your neighbor through charity, you would change the course of history. Right now, because you've abandoned that, you've changed the course of history that is now fulfilling prophecy. But you, on an individual, repentance is not a collective event. It's an individual event. Charity can be a collective event, but it's an individual choice done collectively. And, of course, it's done in the tens, hundreds, and thousands as Christ commanded. Now, that seems strange to you that Christ commanded us to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands to organize ourselves in that fashion. And that's the way the early church was organized. You know, in two thousand one day, three thousand the next day that's not people that's families. Christ always listed them as families he said the the heads of household and their families, so in the two thousand that's two thousand families, three thousand families you and your you get baptized and you and your whole family is saved. Everybody didn't have to get baptized. Just you get baptized. And that brings your family into the fold of Christianity that is living by faith, hope, and charity. We have an article, Conflict of Christianity. Christian Conflict, I think it's entitled. It shows you this is why Christians were being persecuted. is They had private religion. Not legal charity. Not public religion, private religion. They took care of one another through faith, open and charity. When America was great, and it was great at one time, everybody in it wasn't great. Greatness is not a collective event. It's an individual event. And when most of the individuals or a large percentage of them are great people because they take care of one another through charity and not through force, then America is great. So if you want to make America great, again, it's not about increasing the welfare rolls getting more people on unemployment. It's about taking care of one another through choice, individual choice. That's the higher power. The word power in Romans 13 means the liberty to choose. Go look it up in your own concordance. The right to choose. That's what it means. So when Paul said, let every man remain subject to the Higher liberty, the original liberty, the liberty that God gave us, the right to choose, the endowed right to choose by God. Let every man remain subject to that right to choose, that liberty. Because all liberty is of God and there is no liberty but of God and anyone who opposes liberty opposes God. That's what it says. There isn't any question about it. It's just different than what you've heard. That you have to have the humility to admit that what you heard just ain't so. What you have come to believe isn't right. You have to repent of what you were thinking before and start thinking what Christ said to think. Every man has power. Power to choose. Men in their vanity and sloth with will imagine they have a better idea than God about what is righteous. And what is not? So, somehow or other, it got to be righteous to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare and provide you with free education, free health care, free welfare. But it degenerated your society. And since Cloward and Piven and using Alinsky's methods targeted the black community, got more and more of them on welfare, and they moved from the, uh, the Republican Party over to the Democratic Party, pushing social democracy which is really there is no they just tore down a statue of Washington oh they just tore down a statue of Ulysses S. Grant a few minutes before the program somebody let me know that and of course I said originally when we were talking about this last week that that uh, if if you want to tear down a statue of Robert E. Lee who freed all the slaves that he inherited almost immediately after he inherited it, and before the war even started, but Ulysses S. Grant did not free his slave until after the war was over, then if you want to tear down Robert E. Lee's statue, you really ought to go and tear down Grant's tomb. Well, somebody tore down one of the Ulysses S. Grant statues today. (laughs) So, I don't know if it was today, but I heard about it today. They also tore down... George Washington, they have no idea what they're doing. They're being manipulated by the media because they don't understand critical thinking. They don't understand right reason. Right reason for centuries has been defined as the will of God. They do not understand the will of God. You should be able to understand that if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You should just say, wait a minute, that isn't right. Something's wrong with that because the Holy Spirit will be your guide, your comforter. If you haven't figured out that it's wrong to covet your neighbor's goods, even through the agency of government, then you don't have the Holy Spirit, and whatever you think has been the Holy Spirit is something else. It isn't the Holy Spirit. Now, the fact is, the Holy Spirit can tell you, you know, people who homeschool their kids, people who uh start their own businesses... Uh, don't want to get on welfare, don't want to get government benefits. They sign up for Social Security because they're told they have to by law, and they're in. You know, once you've signed up, you can't just get out, especially if you've taken benefits. You've gone to public school. I've never been to public school. You know, I've never taken the benefits. I'm well over the age of, I paid in for years, but I have not taken the benefits. I have been sent checks. I have never cashed them. But I also am conforming to what Christ says about the ministry. Christ gave very specific instructions, not only to the people about not coveting your neighbor's goods, and not looking to men who exercise authority for your benefits. He also gave very specific instructions to his ministers. Because those ministers, all being Jews, were called out Like the Levites, which we call in the King James, the church in the wilderness, the word church is ecclesia, called out. The called out in the wilderness was the Levites. And the early church took their place. But they weren't doing the things that many of the Levites were doing at the time. Like the Pharisee Levites and the Sadducee Levites and some of the Zealot Levites who were all misinterpreting the Torah. Because they had all gone over to the Corbin of the Pharisees that was making the word of God to none effect. Not all. Many of them had. There were many that did not. and apparently Peter had not. In several of the other apostles it appears from what it says in the text. They were not registered members of that system set up by Herod and the Pharisees. They were not a part of that constitutional order or system of government. They were separate. And Christ said, come, follow me. And if you want to be one of my disciples, you cannot own any property in your own name. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I've had preachers, famous preachers, (laughs) suddenly I explain that to them and they start shaking. But the reality is that's what he said. And that's what the early church did. And there's a reason why they did that. These ministers had to be separate from the world. And everybody else had gone whoring after the systems of the world to get their benefits, their their wages of unrighteousness. That's what's destroying the black community. It's dividing not only the blacks from the whites, but the blacks from the blacks. It is weakening them so that they do not stand for what is right. Some of them are starting to stand up. That's the only good thing coming out of the riots. As they're starting to say, wait a minute, we can't let them destroy our community. They don't know how to stand up together. They're still not very well organized. But if they were actually doing what Christ said, they'd automatically become organized. And the bonds of that organization would not be fealty to a ruler or some guru, but it would be fealty to what is righteous, which is what faith means. That you have faith in the way. That's what Christianity was called. The way of Christ. And that way was to take care of one another through charity. Through personal sacrifice. Through laying down your life daily for your fellow man. In a way, you don't send all your money to some single ruler. You don't send all your aid to some single ruler. And then he trickles it down to everybody else. Tens, hundreds, and thousands. You just pick one minister for ten families. And you give to him and he gets together with nine other ministers like himself. And they pick a minister and they give to him. Now they distribute what they get and what they have that is extra. They divide amongst the rest of the nation. Because Christianity is a sort of nationality. When they became real Christians, they were no longer Greek. They were no longer Roman. They were no longer Jew. They were Christians. They were followers of one king. We have one king, Christ. If you're not doing what Christ said, he's not your king. You can tell me he's your king, but he's going to tell you, get you from me, you workers of iniquity, because you've gone whoring after the benefits offered to you by benefactors who exercise authority instead of take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity, which is the way Christians did it 120 years ago. Most kids didn't go to public school. And most public schools were privately funded. Not funded through tax dollars. Didn't know that, did you? Well, we've talked about that before. This has been, if you look, you know, this idea of free choice. This way of liberty under God. We see this distinction way back in the allegories of God and uh, the altars of Abel and the altars of Cain. And we've explained that and we've got articles up on it. And I should try to get that book out that uh, I've been working on and working on and working on. But the reality is that salvation is an individual event. Somebody who is doing away with individuality is doing away with your right to choose. Because the individual has a right to choose. Most of these people that are, I shouldn't say most, a lot of the people that are promoting these riots and promoting these violence and started, you know, it's just a matter of historical record, the people who started Black Lives Matter are communists. They claim to be communists. Well, communism is not compatible with Christianity. Socialism is not compatible with Christianity. We need to look at things the way Christ was looking at them. And begin to understand what Christ was trying to tell us. And what he was trying to tell us we see in the Acts of the Apostles. And you read right in the Acts of the Apostles things that they're doing. Hoses was a Levite. But he was a Levite in Cyprus. He sold land in Cyprus and came to Jerusalem and laid the money from that sale at the foot of the apostles. All the money at the foot of the apostles. Why? And how come? Because Levites... If you go back in the Old Testament, Levites could not own property in their own name so they could sell it. They could sell land, but if they sold land, it was always understood that they're only selling the use of the land like you rented it. Because any Levite could come and redeem that land back at any time. It says this all in the Torah, in the the Old Testament. So nobody really wanted to buy land from a Levite because he couldn't give them clear title. Because any other Levite could come, you know, you build a house on it, and a the Levite come by and say, oh, I want to redeem this land. All he has to do is give you the money of the original sale. He doesn't have to pay for the house. <laughs> he just gets the house. This actually goes on in tax law all the time in, in America. You know, when they, it depends on which state, when they repossess land for tax. See, you don't own your land. That's another thing. Go look up legal title. Legal title doesn't include the ownership of the land. It's an apparent title that carries with it no beneficial interest. So you have no right to the beneficial interest of the property. The one who holds the beneficial interest of the property, according to the law, is the one who holds the true title to the land. Originally, Americans came here to own land, to actually own it. Not a legal title, a lawful title. The beneficial interest. Didn't, it, a lot of them were just working on owning a small amount, but that was very important. That history's been removed from your books, but we we show it in numerous books and articles. But the reality is, so you don't own your land anymore, you don't own your livestock, you've become livestock, you're back in the bondage of Egypt, but you don't have the 20% ceiling limit that Joseph set up. You could be taxed 50%, 60%, 70%. And that's the system you've created for yourself that is opposite of what Christ said. It's opposite of what God said. It's opposite of what Moses said you were supposed to be doing. But you're doing it because you've been following blind guides. Now, I hope many of those blind guides begin to see and repent and begin to preach the real gospel. Because you are in bondage. You can't just make that go away. You have to pay Caesar what you owe Caesar. I'm not talking about not paying Caesar. I'm talking about repenting. God said he's not going to hear you when you just elected Saul. And he said that you, the leaders that come after Saul will take and take and, take and take and take and take and take and take and take. And you're going to cry out. And I'm not even going to hear you. So how do you get to God to hear you? Well, you got to repent. Think differently and realize, no, we have to turn around and start going back and learning how to take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. In the meantime, if you're... You know, eighty nine years old non social security and no other well you're probably gonna have to still collect. But are you seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Or are you settling for the kingdoms of the world and their unrighteousness and their their rewards of unrighteousness and their covetous practices? Repentance was a big deal for Christians, which is why so many of them walked away from Christ. I mean, this guy, I mean, he was raising the dead and healing the sick. There were miracle after miracle. And they were saying like, yeah, I'm following this guy. then he says, no, you're going to have to depend on my system, which is eat my flesh and drink my blood. This system of charity, which is what John the Baptist was. And they said like, oh, wait a minute. You mean give up my welfare? You know, like the blind man and his parents. He's professing Jesus Christ, healed his eyes. He hadn't even seen Jesus, didn't even know what Jesus looked like yet, because he did it after he washed the clay and stuff out of his eyes, and suddenly he could see. But he knows Jesus did it, he just doesn't know what he looks like. His parents say, oh, if we profess Jesus, we're going to be kicked out of the temple, kicked out of this system of Corbin set up by the Pharisees. We're not going to have access to the welfare system Of the temple. Anymore. Now we don't want to do that. So they said let him speak for himself. He's old enough. And he he professed Jesus. And they kicked him out. No skills. Blind man all his life. Kicked out on the street. And Jesus went and looked for him. Found him. And said "Who do you believe? Believe in what? That Jesus is the rightful king. And the way of Jesus is the rightful way. You can't believe in Jesus, but not go the way Jesus said. That just does not compute. You don't really believe in Jesus. You're just saying, Lord, Lord. And Jesus says, not those who just say, Lord, Lord, but those who do it the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is that you do not covet your neighbor's goods, especially through men who exercise authority one over the other. So there he was, and he said, yeah, I believe. That's the way I want to go. He says, okay, come with us. Follow me. How many times did he do that that we didn't see recorded in the Bible? Those people were real Christians. If you're not seeking that kind of way to interact with one another, you're not seeking real Christianity. Socialism and Christianity are incompatible. Another expression of that theory of of socialism, of if we go back, you know, social democracy is a, a socialist system. The government achieved by democratic means, supposedly fifty-one percent of the people can take away the rights of the other forty-nine. And socialism is a political and economic theory of social organizations that advocates that the means of production, distribution. An exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole, not by the individual. God wants it to by the individual. The golden calf. Now, just before I started the program, somebody was I saw somebody put up a post about the golden calf, and people, wait a minute, aren't you destroying history by taking down the golden calf, Moses? You know, because they were advocating that it's okay to destroy statues. And if you want to destroy statues, they just have to be yours. You don't have the right to destroy other people's statues. (laughs) So, if you can buy it, you can destroy it. That's fine with me. If you don't own it, you can't destroy it. That's stealing. So, anyway, but the point is, the Golden Calf wasn't that kind of statue. The Golden Calf was a central bank. You didn't know that. Your preachers didn't tell you that it's a central bank. I mean, where did they get the gold? They took it from the people. They took all the people's gold and they put it into the golden calf. Well, who else did that? Well, Egypt did that. Many of the city-states did that. Athens did that. They actually called it the reserve fund. During times of war, occasionally they sawed off an arm or two and melted it down. made coins to buy ships and pay soldiers. Because it was the reserve fund. It's a bank. Why did they do it? In Sparta, it was against the law for the people to own gold and silver. Their money was made out of lead. Well, that was worthless. But they only wanted you trade amongst themselves. Gold in the hands of the individual is the enemy of the state. Who said that? Adolf Hitler. (laughs) Democratic Socialist. (laughs) Because socialism doesn't want the individual to have the right to choose. They want to decide what to do with the production and the distribution and exchange. They want to control that. God wants you to control that. But he wants you to control it in love. Which means that you have to sit down. Why do you go to... A congregation sit down in tens, hundreds, and thousands. Because that's a way in which you can actually efficiently love your neighbor as yourself. If you were that way, you would be creating bonds all the time. And if, and if, uh, a hundred rioters come into your community and want to bust into your stores and rob them all, you would, you'd all show up. A thousand of you would show up. But you're so disorganized because your churches have divided you from one another. Because they said, oh, don't worry about taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity like the Bible says. The government will take care of you. You just come to our church. We'll play some music, make you feel real good, and talk about Jesus. And you'll think you're a Christian. But you're part of the many who think they are Christians, but are making the word of God to none effect. The means of production is mostly you. Yeah, you know, iron, steel, wood, they don't put themselves together. They have no value unless you put them together. So you're the means of production. And you, if you dig the iron out of the ground and you dig the coal out and smelt the steel, then you have a property right in those things that you've dug out. People always worry about oligarchies and and uh, big, huge, rich people that are going to take care of everything. If you were taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity, they would have no power. Like I said this morning, didn't you even watch Bug's Life? <laughs> the ants had all the power. They just didn't understand how it works. The blacks had all the power to make their communities safe. They don't do it with rioting. They don't do it with protests, they do it with righteousness. Which is why I put so many of Booker T. Washington's quotes on that page. is because he understood that. Mao Zedong did not. Pol Pot did not. Castro did not. Stalin did not. Lenin did not. Hitler did not. You could, as an individual... That's what the nation of God is. is a nation of individuals. Which brings me to another section. (laughs) What did Jesus say about social justice? Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. And please the widow's cause. Please the widow's cause. Take care of one another. I told you lots of stories how widows had their property stolen by the government. It's not really stolen, but taken by the government because they couldn't pay the taxes. And so they they owe a few thousand dollars in taxes. In one case, the lady owed six dollars in taxes. She thought she had paid it all. The county sold her property at auction. Her whole house, everything. It was all paid for. She owed six dollars. She thought she had paid everything. She didn't. They sold it at auction. Widow. In America, cost her tens of thousands of dollars to get it back. And fortunately, lots of people helped her. But the government didn't help her. They stood in the way. They were robbing widows and orphans. It happens every day. I could give you thousands of those stories. The News media is not going to give them to you. They're going to do things like, Shark attack, shark attack. You know, some some cop does something wrong. They'll push the scenario. They won't tell you the whole story. They'll push the scenario that cops are bad, and that you have to, that that there's a systemic problem. And it's just like when there were some people videoing shark attacks down in Florida, and next thing you know, everybody is wondering why are sharks attacking people so much? Because every night in the news, I hear about another shark attack. Shark attack. Well, they actually sharks were attacking people less that year. It's just more people had video cameras and more news people were showing. You are not putting things in perspective. There's 320 some odd million Americans. If you only post the bad things cops do or the bad things people do, you'll think everybody is bad. If you only send that out on your news, everybody will think it's bad. Cops save thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives every year. Either directly by risk, I just heard a story of a cop, came, a guy drove his car with his, I guess, twin daughters in the car over the uh, edge of an embankment and down into a cliff. And uh, he quickly ran to his squad car and pulled out a hundred foot leash that was left in there. He knew it was in there. He tied one end around his waist and just as he got to the edge of the cliff, other cops were showing up. And he threw the leash to them and jumped over the cliff and saved the girl. (laughs) Rotten cop. (laughs) Anyway, you guys need to wake up. Start getting together and start seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And stop following blind guides and start finding out how it really works. And what is really taking away your liberties. And start doing that for a change. But until then, all I can say is peace on your house. And may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services counseling lectures books and other audio materials please write to his church at summer lake box 10 summer lake oregon 97640 you can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net